Before the trade deadline, the Cubs looked like they were going to be one of the best sellers. Now, could they win the whole darn thing? Matt Cozy of Locked On Cubs is here for a crossover. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am yours, Paul Francis Sullivan. If I wasn't, how could I have a lower third where I'm called Sully? I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for well over a decade now, and we are wrapping up my fifth full season here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. And... I am your pal, Sully. I am at Twitter or whatever the hell it's called these days at Sully Baseball, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Quick note that today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks and you could win 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKDOWN. You get a 100 bucks match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms for details. Hey, it's currently operational in over 30 states. The chances are you're living in one of them. Check out Sleeper today. Those observant and watching it on the YouTubes will see there's another person right there. This is indeed a crossover. Mystery guest, sign in, please. Sully, good to be with you. Uh, Really enjoyable times right now for the Cubs and Cubs fans. I appreciate your coverage of of the Cubs so far this season. I'm a frequent listener to your show. I feel like our show and your show at a time were one of the only ones to actually go in on the manager. I know we're going to talk about that later. And uh, But yeah, interesting season for the Cubs, to say the least. And for those who are keeping the score at home, that's Matt Cozy of Locked On Cubs. Usually people introduce themselves there, but where can people follow your show? Yeah, so we're on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast, of course. And you're usually not with me, but who are you usually with there? Yeah, usually with my co-host Sam, Sam Olber. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who's been on the show too. Yep, we did a show for a couple of years prior to joining the network, and uh, we're we're good friends outside the program as well. Uh, diehard fans. He, um, the Cubs are his life for sure. And, uh, it makes for a good show. We have a lot of fun, great energy, good chemistry. And it's, it's been a roller coaster ride, but it's, it's, uh, it's been been worth it right now. Well, yeah. And by the way, just, and, and please listen to their show. I'm serious. They, they do a really great, I mean, I appreciate I recommend all the, the lockdown shows, but I have, I've caught your show a lot, especially mm-hmm. over the last uh, couple of months. With the when it's funny, I was really zoning in on you guys uh, over you know when building up to the trade deadline because oh man, yep. everyone's drooling over the players. The Cubs are going to get a haul, and then a weird thing happened. The Cubs started playing well, and look at let's just let's just turn the clocks back a little bit because. As of right now, the Cubs are a playoff team. We're recording this on the evening of the 17th of August, 2023. And the Cubs right now 
are, you know, they, they would be going, they'd be going to the postseason. And keep in mind, on July, on July, on the 4th of July, this oh, team was man. six games under 500. And, and they had just finished losing a heartbreaking game to the Milwaukee Brewers. And it just looked like that they were about to have, you know, about to have their guts stomped out. And then right around late July, i.e. right around the trade deadline, mm-hmm. they figured out how to play the game of baseball. Yeah. You know, as the executive producer of Locked On Cubs as well, I, I still have a vivid memory of July 3rd because they were up 6 nothing to the Brewers in the opening game of that series. That's why I brought lost. that game up. That's why I brought that game up. And lost 8 to six mm-hmm. and and i made the decision that okay let's let's go in more on on ross which you had already done even prior to that oh my so god I, yeah i said they had to fire him i know and so we 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 did as well after that game and uh it's it's been quite a turnaround because there has been like four or five eulogies it, in mid-may they blew a lead to the astros got swept in, in early June, they blew a lead to the Angels and got swept. Uh, there was the July July 3rd game right there. They, they were 26 and 36 on June 9th. They were still seven games under a month ago on July 18th. Right. And, and now they're 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 sitting at 62 and 58. They're in that third spot and, and they're only within two and a half of first in the division. Yeah, I want to just bring this up. We are going to go into a deeper dive with the Cubs, so I do want to talk a little bit about the wild card, the, yeah. the wild wild card, and also the fact that the Central is still in. Craig, uh, um, one of our one of, which one we have one of our listeners who is who's always uh, um, saying the Cubs are going to win the division. Should I got to look at who who does say that? And he's going to be killing me that I that I don't have it off the tip of my tongue. But let's let's face it, I have about five billion listeners a day. Um, it was, um, or five million. Oh, it's Craig Brindle. It is. Uh, it was Craig Brindle oh, who, is, who, always, who always answers our trivia questions correctly. And he's been saying the Cubs are going to win the division. And for a while I thought like, okay, someone's, uh, someone got an extra large Kool-Aid to drink today. No but kidding. when, when they blew that, what was it? They were up six, nothing to Milwaukee yes. or six, one, whenever that game six was nothing. six, nothing. When they finished losing that game, the only teams worse than the Cubs in all the National League were Pittsburgh, St. Louis, Washington, and Colorado. The Cubs were incomplete. And this was this is in April. This is July when you have to make your decisions about whether you're in or whether you're out. And they had Stroman. They had Peterson. They had players that you look at and you say, it's not Peterson. Bellinger. God, Bellinger. You know what? It's like, you know, um, Bill Pullman and Bill Paxton. Okay. <laughs> and you get those mixed up all the time. I do. Right. Um, that's Or or Dolmert Marooney and Dur- Dylan McDermott. I mean, I couldn't tell you which one was which for a million dollars. And I always get Jock Peterson and Clay Bellinger. Cody Wait, Bellinger. One? What? Cody Bellinger. Oh God! Does do you want? I think that's Clay, Clay was his father, right? Clay was his dad, who played yeah. for the. I'm an old man, um, but when we did our National League Central preview at the beginning of the year, and I picked the Cardinals, and I said the Cardinals were the only team that was trying, and someone brought what happens if the Cardinals have a dif- disappointing season, and Ooh. we all said, oh, 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 how droll! 
Um, and little did we know the Cardinals were going to have the type of season where at one point they were talking about actively talking about trading Dolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, and they did wind up selling off a bunch of their pieces. The way the national, the way the National League Central is set up right now, I mean, it looked like for a little bit that the Reds were going to take it away, and then it looked like for for about a week or so ago, it looked like the Brewers saying, "Okay, everyone, you could all play for the wild card. We've got it." But then the Brewers faced the buzzsaw that is the LA Dodgers, and suddenly, as we're recording this now, the Brewers are still playing the Dodgers. Well, they haven't won or lost that, but as we're recording this, only two games in the loss column separate the Brewers and the Cubs from the division. I know. And it's, it's, it gets more and more surreal in a way every day when I hear it more out loud, it's like, how did we get to this spot? And I, I thought for a while the Reds were, were going to just really ascend. And, and right. it's not that they have, regress to the point of out of contention by any means they're tied for they're tied for a wild card spot but i am not taking them as seriously anymore i will say that i was confused by their trade deadline approach mm-hmm. because i get it hunter green and nick lodolo are going to come back later this month but how do you know that you're still going to be in it right and, and they have stayed afloat um the brewers as, as the projections still like them right now, and I get why, there's four reasons. Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, and Williams. Mm-hmm. Three top-flight starters, a top-flight closer with one of the best pitches in baseball. I respect the Brewers. I don't like them, but I respect the heck out of them. Right. And But for this to be a three-horse race for that division and then have this mishmash of the wild card then, with Miami is, is yeah. absurd, you know, because yeah. the Marlins are in it, the Diamondbacks, the Padres are still in it, and who yeah. says the Phillies and Giants are going to run away with the two tops? No, no, they're both very flawed teams. They could yeah. look. We've all seen this entire year. Look at there are two very clear class of the leagues: Atlanta and Los Angeles it's are not clear, even close. Yeah, they are they are heads and shoulders the two best teams in the league, and then you have. Basically, a mosh pit. It's open after that. It's Woodstock '99, and Corn's <laughs> on the on the stage playing. By the way, totally nothing to do with anything. There's a documentary on Netflix about that about yeah. Woodstock '99. It is a horror movie. Go check it out. It is absolutely amazing. Anyway, back back to uh, back to something from this century. Um, you know, it's unbelievable because I. We'll talk a little more in depth of Ross, but I really think that the fact that the Brewers, because you just mentioned, you know, the Cardinals sold themselves out. Pirates go off to the fast start. They Pirates have a lot of talent, and I think maybe next year, the year after, yes. I think they will be a good team. They're just not ready yet. Mm-hmm. The Reds called everybody up, yeah. and at first it just energized the team. And then, you know, I, I, I said this, I said this to a couple of my friends. Who were you know? Uh, I, I said this to uh, Miller Thomas of Lockdown Diamondbacks about his team, and I told this to a friend of mine who's not part of the Lockdown Podcast Network about the Reds. 
And, you know, both of them were despondent about how their team was playing. So, like, at the beginning of the year, I'm telling you, in mid-August, the Reds would have a winning record be tied with a playoff team. If I pulled a million Reds fans, I'd get a million Reds fans who would take it. And if I did the same thing with Diamondback fans, that you'll be one game out of a playoff spot with a winning record in the middle of August, would you take it? I'd get a million yeses. So sometimes right. you have to you have to understand you got to take it. And, right. you know, at this point, you know, you the, the Brewers may lament – the moment where they didn't run away with it because there was that moment with their pitching with St. Louis, who I still stunned by the season that they had and nobody else willing, no one, no one else seemed to be ready to do it. This should have been the moment when the Brewers sort of took it under their arm and, you know, run forest run right clear across into the end zone. And the fact that they just have gotten two by four by Los Angeles and allowed everyone else. The Reds could. Uh, there's a possibility the Brewers could miss the playoffs, especially in this current pocket of the schedule. Mm-hmm. For for them to have this narrow a lead, and the Cubs just split with the White Sox, but they got three with the Royals, three with the Tigers, four with the Pirates between now and and next Sunday. The Brewers might get swept by the Dodgers. Then they have the Rangers, Twins, and Padres. So so after that. Who knows where these teams will be? But the current pocket does not favor the Brewers at all. Well, the but you always got you always got to be careful because those teams. Everyone circles yeah. teams on the on the map, and then they look up and this that team says, "Oh, you think we're easy? You think we're easy pickings? Well, right. watch us snap you around." That's why baseball is hard to predict, and it that's is. why whenever you're in a situation where you want to bet on a on who's going to get what, eh, do you what sometimes. It could be a bit risky, but do you know what? I think I'm going to tell you a little something about a way that you can make some good money doing it mm-hmm. after I click on this button. That one. All right, let's talk a little bit about sleeper. Hey, let me tell you something. You want the chance to win more money with fewer picks? It says less picks here, but that's not grammatically correct. Head to Sleeper, the number one sports app where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. Hey, do you think that Cody Bellinger can hit a home run tonight? Huh? Do you think Christian Yelich is going to hit one against the Dodgers? Well, I do, and on Sleeper, Where's my sleeper app? Hey, I got it right there. Look at that. I got it right there on my phony phone. You could swing for the fences with 100 times payout. All you have to do is choose two or more players that you like and select more or less on their stat categories like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your pick right, and you can win big. More stat categories to place on like homers, triples, stolen bases, and dynamic payouts are live. Now, what are dynamic payouts? Thanks for asking. In short, it means that each player projection now has multiple tiers attached to it, as opposed to preset multipliers based on the number of legs on a contest. I hope that's clear. With dynamic payouts also comes more stack categories to place contests on. You get higher payouts than other apps with fewer picks. Now, here's what you got to do. You write this down. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You get a 100 buck match on your first deposit. 
Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Hey, it's currently operational in over 30 states, and chances are you live in one of them. If you don't, head over to one that does. Check out Sleeper when? Check it out today. Hey, uh, a bunch of people got the trivia question right. Uh, Amy, who, by the way, was giving me, uh, uh, who got into my head uh, because I say look it too much on the show. And she pointed oh out God. the fact the number of times I said look it. Now, look it, Amy. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it when I'm asking people to look at something. That's how that's how I'm uh, that's how I'm wired. I wouldn't want to uh, do it with my eyes closed, certainly. I know. What are you going to do? Um, but uh, the question uh, and and Court Stell also got the question right. The question was yesterday was uh, the anniversary of Pete Rose's final plate appearance, and he struck out to end the game, which ironic, and he was struck out ironically by a future Hall of Famer, and that Hall of Famer was Rich Goose Gossage who struck out Pete Rose in his final at-bat. So we'll talk about that. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to go back to that that fateful day, uh, that fateful day when the um, the Cubs lost that game. I was screaming for David yep. Ross to be fired. Oh, yeah. The Cubs had dropped. They were now the fifth-worst team in the National League completely. Marcus Stroman was already uh, putting his uh, apartment up for rent. <laughs> um, you know, Cody Bellinger was saying, please, please don't confuse me with Jock Peterson. Since then, <laughs> since that game, only one team in the National League has played better than the Cubs. And that's the Dodgers, who have been unstoppable. Right. But the Cubs have been have been playing over 640 balls since then. By the way. Uh, do you know who's played the third best in that that time? Braves. The Braves, and tied with them, the Washington Nationals. Wow, it's weird. The Nash. By the way, that just goes to show when you circle. Oh, that's a that's an easy win. Yeah, that's an easy win. Maybe not so much. But the Cubs have played the second best baseball in the last month and a half in the National League, and with that, they've gone from well, I wonder what we can get from Marcus Stroman to. We're in this. What are we doing here? This is an anti-2021. When they went into, you know, for those of you who forget who forgot, the the Cubs got off to a good start in 2021. Yep. And it's about mid-June. And about mid-June. And then they had a slump and they traded everything that wasn't nailed down. I think they traded the Ivy to San Diego for a plant to be named later. I mean, literally, it was like 11 players. Who and and I thought for sure they were going to say, okay, one major star from 2016, we're going to have to stick around. <laughs> if for no other reason than for the nostalgia purpose, Correct. for okay, you're going to stick around. So when we get good again, there's still a link to 2016. Blah 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 blah. Nope, nope, nope. But give the Cubbies credit. A mere two seasons after that fire sale. They're contenders again, and things can turn around in baseball like that. And um, look at—I don't see them winning the pennant, but my goodness, what a boost of confidence this would be if suddenly this is a contending team. I got off the roller coaster ride after they blew that game on on July third. I said, "Hey, mm -hmm. this is all entertainment now," because 
if you you blow a lead like that in a major league baseball game, the see the season must be over, right? right? No, they they climbed out of the depths. They were left for dead. They were in ruins, and they even teeter tottered the couple weeks after that. They lost uh, an opener to the Nationals. In fact, uh, in in mid the red hot Nationals, the red hot Nationals. Second game of the National Series, Sully. The Cubs were trailing 3 0 entering the sixth, and the Cubs won that game 17 3. Since that game, they're 19 8. And so, for to go on this type of a run, and, and, and I don't know how else to put it, save the season. Yeah. Strowman was out there, Bellinger, maybe a Gomes, maybe a Hendricks. Michael Fulmer's a free agent after this year, and they didn't sell. And that was one of the goals entering the 2023 year. Be competitive. Uh, don't sell at the deadline. Uh, games in August and September that matter and continue uh, improvements at the farm system. And suddenly, uh, with, with 42 ball games left, they've checked all those boxes somehow. And look at there's n- – this is one of these things that, again, I'm not trying to sound like old man Sully because I do understand that advanced metrics and sabermetrics and all that sort of stuff has value, has meaning, has purpose, especially as you're trying to make projections and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But I also think there is something, even if the Cubs don't win, you know, because it right now it is a log jam. Yep. with Miami, with Cincinnati. By the way, the Diamondbacks are winning tonight, so if they win, they'll only be one game out, and they have uh, as good a one-two punch in the top of the rotation. They probably have the Cy Young Award winner. Yes. Um, by the way, in that, if that's not a reason to fire the Cardinals GM, that if in one deal he oh. trades away two Cy Young Award winners, you that's know, brutal. I'm sorry, that's when you got to say uh, to Delu. But I do think you you saw this with Baltimore last year mm. where they had a good ending of the season. They didn't wind up. They, they only got to a wild card spot like one or two days, but they wound up finishing above 500 and actually playing a couple of meaningful games in August. You saw that in and, and we're seeing that a young core of players got to not play out the string, but actually have a season that felt like it mattered. I felt that you had that in 2013 when Kansas City had their first winning record since I think mm. the days of UL Washington, and suddenly they they didn't win anything that year. But I think that set up sure. the success they had in 2014 and 2015. I think for it, and I, I you know I think the Red Sox are in a similar position to the Cubs because their expectations were lower than whale dung this year. Right. So if they finish the season, you know, above 500 for some of the young players, that'll give them something to build on for this Cubs team, keeping the team together, having professionals around and having young players with the professionals who, you know, it, it's got to be a positive effect on the team. Oh, totally. The players have said as such publicly that when Jed Hoyer decided to not only not sell, but trade for Jamer Candelario, Mm -hmm. it was a let's go moment. So oh yeah! Not, not only are you not trading my teammate, but you're bringing in one of the best hitters in the sport this year. I was stunned Candelario did not make the All Star team. I exactly. thought he was he he when I saw because 
he was a prime trade chip, and I thought I saw there was a bunch of teams Best that needed bat. a bat. I thought the Yankees were going to trade for him. Yep, they needed a third baseman. They needed we see they need a bat or two, right. and lefty, you know a lefty at that. Yeah, and I thought, well, yeah, obviously he's going to the Yankees, and you know, look at this is a this is a positive thing, and oh man, you know the the idea that this team is winning. The, they won the game the other day against the White Sox Wednesday with Morrell hitting the walk-off home run. Yeah. Now, I'm going to just tell you something, Cozy. Okay. I am not a Cubs fan. I don't hate the Cubs. Here's a, Unless I'm, you're from St. Louis, no one says I hate the Cubs. But I'm not always rooting for the Cubs either. It's just it's not one of the teams that I've gravitated towards. That being said, I watched Morrell round the bases two or three times last night. That's cool. Because there was so much happiness. Yeah. There was so much joy. I hate these people saying, put your head down and act like you've been there before. No, be happy. Right. And there was so much. It was a come from behind, three run, bottom of the ninth. Was there two outs or only one? I don't, whatever it was, it was the kind of thing you dream about doing, yeah. playing wiffle ball in your front yard. And he got to do it. And there was nothing but happiness enjoy and yes. he's taking his shirt off and pounding you know doing the whole joe carter thing around the bases and the players weren't kind of jogging down you know ready to throw the the bazooka joe bubble gum on him. Right, right. they were sprinting it was yeah. there the, the place was going bananas and again of the two chicago teams emotionally i've always leaned a little more th- over the years to the white Sox and the cubs for whatever reason but I couldn't help but smile and f- be filled with joy and think about the fans who felt so betrayed in 2021 mm-hmm. to see the whole team be t- torn apart to now get a sense of, hey, you're probably not going to win. You're probably not going to win the pennant this year. You're probably, you're, you're, you're may win the division or you may win the a wild card spot. You're probably not, the NLCS is probably going to be Los Angeles and Atlanta. I would think. That being said, to go to Wrigley Field and experience that, that's it's an it's an entertainment medium. It's an and right. my God, it was so entertaining. That was like kids sprinting home from school on a nice day. Yeah. That's what it reminded me of. And you mentioned Wiffle Ball. That's it. I think there's a lesson to be learned from the Cubs this year. Not only as a fan, there's a lesson in baseball, perhaps a lesson in being a daily podcaster. But let's face it, the team did change. They did. Yeah. For a team that had four or five eulogies in a year and blew that game back on July 3rd, and they're still in it? Yeah. That's unbelievable. Yep. You might say that after a game like on Wednesday, Sully – you could even use the word magic. If they win a division, it's a magical season. Amen. Yeah. Okay, we're here with Matt Cozy of Locked On Cubs. We're doing Locked On Cubs, Locked On uh, MLB crossover here. Uh, two more quick points here before we wrap up this show. Um, right. First of all, there's one thing that the National League has shown us this year with the logjam at the wild card and in the division, and that is try to avoid prolonged losing streaks. 
Try to avoid that time where you go like three and 13 or something like that. And try to avoid stupid losses, stupid losses in April, stupid losses in May, because I'm sure one game is going to separate. Well, by the time we get to the end of the year, there's going to be one game yeah. or two games that separate being one of the three wildcard teams, which we all saw the third wildcard team last year played in the freaking World Series. And the Brewers, who finished one game behind Philadelphia, played golf right, right at the beginning of the playoffs. Okay. <laughs> and I'm sure Milwaukee was thinking, God, if two of those dumb wins yeah. were flipped. Every team's going to lose 60 games. Every team's going to win 60 games. Mm -hmm. Those middle games are the ones you got to work on and don't lose the, those games in April, May, and June are, will add up. Well, that's and, why, that's why we were so frustrated in April and May because the Cubs kept losing all these close games. Yeah. And yeah. we and knew they gonna, had it. We knew they had a good team. Now, now let me bring something up though. Okay. Um, even if the Cubs do do well, there's sometimes when you take it to the next point, you look around and we've all seen this. A team that's a contender makes a change in the manager. I, the, the Cubs turning things around, I can't take that away from David Ross. That being said, I don't think he suddenly has become Earl Weaver. I think even during this great stretch, you've seen moments where you go like, David, what in the name of Grady Little are you doing? And I still don't think that David Ross is the right manager for the long-term success of this team, even with the turnaround that they've had. It's taken him a long time to adjust to, to things. This is only his, this is already rather his fourth year. I, yeah. I'm surprised because he was known as a dude that held other players accountable when he was a player. Yeah. He was, he was kind of a hard headed, hard hearted guy when he was a player. And he played for Lloyd McClendon, Terry Francona, Joe Madden, Bobby uh, Cox. Jim, Jim he played for Tracy, Bobby Cox. Bobby yeah. Cox. I just thought that he was going to use that experience more to his uh, advantage now that he's in that role. Right. And he really has not done that. It's not evident that he played for all those great skippers. It's not evident that he was, he basically only won in his career. It's not evident he was a clubhouse leader for whatever reason in this role as a manager, when, especially now in a time of transition when the Cubs really need it. He has certainly improved throughout the year. Of course, winning helps. Um, you know, he he loves playing the matchups. He's a big lefty-righty matchup person. You have a guy like Mike Talkman. Players like that, stories like that, Sully. You, yeah. if, if you're going to raise a division banner, if they still do that, um, it, it takes guys like Mike Talkman. Right. And the numbers show that he should just lead off every game, and he doesn't. Um, the numbers show that Patrick Wisdom should not start at first base, and he does. So there's these games still every now and then that are a little bit confusing in terms of lineup decisions, in-game decisions. But the front office seems to like him. Ownership likes him. I think only a possibility 
of like a Craig Council, who as a right now is supposed to be a free agent. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I could see that being someone that mm. displaces Ross, but nobody else. You know what? I think one thing that we've learned, there are two teams that or one is definitely going to win the division. One probably win the division is there's something to be said about managerial experience. You know, Brian mm. Snicker was a lifer in the minor leagues as a manager right. when he was brought up to be the manager of the Braves. And he wasn't the sexiest choice, but we, my God, the results speak for themselves. Yeah. And when has he even, when has he been outmanaged in the postseason? He's lost some postseason series, but when has he been outmanaged? You know, and he wound up winning the whole kit and also the caboodle <laughs> with a cut and pasted team in 2021. And we're also seeing yeah. that having Bruce Bochy on a Ranger team. Totally. Who has had, had devastating injuries, especially losing Jacob DeGrom for, you know, Massive. yeah, for probably the next decade. Right. Um, and look at have they missed a beat? No. And having either a, a lifer who has, who has done, doesn't have to learn on the fly, has done it in the minor leagues, or Bochi, who is going to, um, what's that place called? Cooperstown, <laughs> as a manager, right. I think there's something to be said for that. You know, I think no. there's something to be said about bringing in someone. Look at uh, Tampa Bay wasn't the first managerial stop for Joe Madden. He was an interim manager beforehand. Terry Francona bombed in Philadelphia. Joe Torrey bombed badly everywhere he went beforehand. You know, you see managers when they have, you know, their second or third chances, or sometimes those are the managers you want. And say, okay, yeah. you had your growing pain somewhere else. I think David Ross could very well be a fine manager, but I also think that he may not be the right guy for this. I have been always at the, everyone line up, do your shots. I've been, you know, cause I say it so often. I've so many people who follow the show do a shot every time I say it, but I think someone's got to hire one of the lieutenants that Bruce Bochy had, the Roberto Kelly's or the Hensley Mullins of the world. I mean, were they, they both have managerial experience and they both been part of multiple world series champion uh, coaching staff. So you would think someone would give them a shot, right? But, you know, you 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 want to have someone. There's something to be said about managerial experience. And for all the, hey, David Ross did this and David Ross did that, they gave him the car keys with not even coaching experience. Yes. And, and it showed big time. It really has. It really has. And I, I think for a team that is on the, the precipice of winning, yeah, you have to get someone that's done it. If counsel is available... I can't. Fa- I can't fathom a reason why you say no. Have to. Have you to have to. to. Yep. I mean, the Cubs had a fine baseball lifer in Rick Renteria as their coach. Exactly. Joe Madden became available as exactly their manager. Right. Joe Madden became available. Bye bye. Yep. It's a good example. And and it was the right move to make. No offense to Rick Renteria, who wound right. up taking the White Sox to the playoffs, and the, that, they made the ridiculous Tony Larusa decision. But uh, that's that's neither here nor there. But uh, look at Ross always felt to me like when Madden left uh, just before COVID hit, when Madden left for his disastrous stint in Anaheim, I always felt that Ross was there to be like, hey, we're going to tear this place down. So we want to have a familiar face here when we take the bulldozer to the team. 
it never struck me that his job was to be the next great Cubs manager. And I, and you and I and Sam have talked at length about the fact that he has made horrific managerial decisions. And look at, I can't take away what he's done, but I don't trust him with the car keys for a championship team. I really don't. No, there's, there isn't evidence to show that you do. And, and to think about a Craig council. Who's an outstanding manager. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. Just, just pull up the starting nines from this week for the Brewers and Cubs. Yeah. The Cubs clearly have a better lineup. Yeah. And the Brewers are in first place. And I get it. I mentioned the pitching earlier, but but Council is on the ball. The Cubs have okay day. pitching too. It's yeah, not like the, yeah. the, 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 the Cubs aren't like the 95 Rockies right now. I mean, they have Stroman. They've got, they've got good arms in their, in their rotation. Maybe not as strong as Milwaukee, right. but it, it's, not, it's not that wide a, a gap. Sure, sure. Well, I didn't mean to yell at you. But the gap is on the margins and, and, yes. the, and the skipper. Yes. Yeah. Well, look at hey, hey, look at uh, here's one thing that you did not think you'd be talking about a month and a half ago, and that was the Cubs' possibility That's so of true. being a playoff team. Yeah, I mean, think about some of the people who's watching their team spiral. I mean, look at uh, you know, Stacy Gatsoulis is having a ton of fun on that show at Locked On Yankees, but they're not talking about any playoff previews right now, right? And if I told you after that loss to Milwaukee, hey. You're going to come on with Sully in the middle of August and talk about how they're tied for a playoff spot with a month and a half to go. No shot. No shot. But here we are. Right. Here we are. What a beautiful hey, game. Matt, Let's. Uh, I'm going to throw the ball to you. Can you give our listeners the trivia question, which, we'll, which I will reveal an answer to uh, on our next show? I would love to. Here it is. Do you know which former Cub player or players, plural, has won a World Series in back-to-back years with two different teams. Here you go. Do you know which former Cubs players won a World Series in back-to-back years with two different teams? There you go. Bring that aboard. And uh, so put your answer in the comments here or at Sully Baseball on Twitter or whatever it's called now, or Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Hey, uh, tell people where you can listen to your show. Locked on Cubs, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Sirius XM, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right. And you can follow us everywhere that I mentioned before. Talk about the Cubs. And historically, the Cubs never let you down. This has been a Locked on MLB, Locked on Cubs crossover. He's Matt Cozy. My name is Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. <laughs>